2: back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcast josh peterson and i covered the latest that's going on in the world of pop culture including more 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 thoughts on the game awards plus also we talk about what's going on in movies, and of course, a surprise at the box office with Miyazaki and The Boy and the own winning the domestic box office. We talk about that and more on the pop culture cosmos. Plus, also as well, inside sports fantasy football, Magic Man. I'm hopefully Joe Soro. Hopefully Chris Sardieri will stop on by for this week's inside sports fantasy football. Go ahead and check out as we preview NFL Week 15. Yes, we're up to NFL Week 15 already. <laughs> it goes by oh so fast we'll talk about what's going on in fantasy football inside sports fantasy football joe soro is hopefully going to be here or at least in the chat as ox1947 he is in his own chat at lakersball.com go ahead and check out when he's there also support his company if you're in southern california at simblades simblades with a y. Com. also as well our good friends laker tom The guy who and I were going back and forth on Sunday. Yes, Lakerholic Spotlight. You can go ahead and hear that argument on Sunday. Go ahead and check out his latest article, which I gave you a taste of just a few moments ago on this channel. You could read part of his article that you can catch entirely of at Lakerholics.com, plus Jamie Sweetness 5 Things articles as well. I'll post one of that in the not-too-distant future. Also want to give a big shout-out to our good friends, Empire Jeff, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, Lakers in five, John McAlian, Also as well, uh, the Larry Lakers dribbling chit-chat, the Lakers corner. John has done a great job with that. Also as well, Tony B with the Larry Lakers dribbling chit-chat. Please give those small Lakers nations, those small Lakers communities some love. Please go ahead and do that today. But speaking of liking and subscribing and loving a community, go ahead and please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Uh, I hope Gerald is calm today after liberating. I just said stupid, Kurt. I didn't say anything else. I didn't use any other S words of uh, any design. I'll just leave it at that. Shame on you, Kurt. Uh, By the way, can you email me when you get a chance, Kurt? Uh, Lakersfastbreak at yahoo.com have a question I want to ask you, my friend, when you get a chance off uh, off air. Please go ahead and uh, let me know when you can, Kurt. LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Want to go ahead and mention that the Lakers are the victors for the NBA Cup with their rousing victory on the Las Vegas Strip, my area of the woods here on Saturday. But the real test begins. The Lakers now set out for hopefully a stronger run on the rest of the season and it starts with the back-to-back games in Texas and it starts in Dallas with Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. We've got a great guest today to talk with us about the Dallas Mavericks, where they stand, the injury to Kyrie Irving and his thoughts and also Dallas's thoughts as a community. What do they think of the NBA Cup as well? It is Blake Elliott. Blake, you got to go ahead and check them out today at 105.3. The Fan, great radio station in the Dallas area. Blake, great to have you here. I'm here with along with Magic Man Sean Grice. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and stop on by to talk to Blake Elliott. Blake, great to have you here. Part of the Lakers Fast Break podcast today.
3: Yeah, it's um it's an honor to be here with you guys. This will be my first feature on someone else's podcast. So I'm excited to get to know some more about the Lakers behind the scenes, how y'all felt about the cup. And yeah, if anyone listening wants to keep up with the Mavericks point of view and kind of how they're doing, you can follow me on Twitter at Blake Live underscore underscore and then on Instagram at Blake Live and then like Gerald just said or follow 1053 the fan on Twitter listen to the radio station, great stuff over there. Dallas sports is booming as well as LA. So we got a lot of fun stuff to get into today.
2: All I will say about that uh, in regards to that, please, if you are able to go ahead and check out what they're doing, please support and follow everything that he's doing, all the great work at 105.3, the fan indeed. All I will say about the Gabe Vincent saga that went down yesterday is, you know, that's what coach jam said and laker lakers nation reported yesterday morning uh yes chris haynes i said it on the air he had actually talked about it earlier about 10 to 14 days yes i get that i've had hundreds not hundreds but several people reach out to me say oh yeah 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 no no i already saw it i acknowledged it on the air and I will just leave it at that. And I know Shams this morning said, cause I got reminded by other people that Gabe Vincent is expected to come back by the 18th. We'll see if that happens, but the quote was from Darvin ham, that there was no timeline set. So I guess that's just basically what it is. You believe the coach or coach, coach ham or coach Shams or coach, you know, you know, <laughs> Chris Haynes. So it is what it is indeed. But It is the Lakers' fast break. Blake, the Lakers do head into Dallas. Uh, I have a feeling, and Magic Man and I are both worried that the team could have an emotional letdown because you do have to put out a lot of effort and obviously something that Mm -hmm. they're gearing up to win. You could see that on Saturday. They come in to Dallas. Dallas is a team that they're looking up at, and we need to remind everybody that on the season that the Lakers are still tied for fourth place in a Western Conference but guess who's looking directly? Who we're looking directly up at? We're looking directly up at the Dallas Mavericks right now. Thirteen and eight, very good start so far. After what happened last season, your thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks to this point, my friend?
3: Yeah, the Mavericks have actually kind of had an interesting season. They started off really hot. We saw them at first and second, kind of in those first couple of weeks, up there with the Nuggets, and we were like, mass fans, were like, is this team legit?" And it was a little bit of the schedule blessing. Didn't have the hardest game to start. And then we played the Bucks, and we kind of faltered off. And then we we'll get to, we got some wins against the Clippers and the Rockets and things were going up. So it's kind of been an up and down season. I think where we're at right now in the standings is kind of leveled out to where this team is. Kind of a three, four, five seed. Obviously, some other teams have over-exceeded. Some other teams kind of haven't lived up to expectations. But the Mavs season has been really all about Derek Lively. I mean, he was a 19-year-old rookie, drafted out of Duke, didn't score a lot of points, a lot of fans, didn't know what to think of him. Is he going to be a G-leaguer? Is he going to play? Is he going to be our backup center? And after game one, actually during game one, he kind of took over the show. It was all about Victor Wembanyama, and Derek Lively outplayed him. And since that point, he's started every single game for us. The two games that he didn't play because of injury or other reasons, we lost those quite handily. And so when Derek Lively has been in the game, it's just been a different force that the Mavs have been missing, honestly, since Tyson Chandler. A guy that can rebound, a guy that can play defense, a guy that can protect the middle. So a lot of guys have stepped up this season. We're a little injury-ridden right now as um, I'm keeping up with the game as they're playing the Grizzlies, and Derek Jones Jr. just left the game. So we honestly have more players inactive right now than active. It's kind of the Luka show, but right now all you need is Luka to win games.
2: Once again, it is Blake Elliott. Please go ahead and check out all the great work that he's doing today at 105.3 The Fan in the Dallas area. But you can also access the show on odyssey.com slash 105.3 thefan shows indeed. Again, also here today is a good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He digged out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and talk to Blake Elliott. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Magic Man, always great to have you here, my friend. Rocking the LFB gear. Go ahead, my friend. The floor is now yours. Your thoughts and your questions for Blake Elliott.
4: No, Blake, it's pretty. It's pretty good being a Texas sports fan right now, man. Rangers yep. just won the World Series. Uh, it's cry, Eagles, cry today. Yes, sir. Sweet, sweet. He said
2: he was at the game. Weren't you? Correct. Yeah. So amazing atmosphere. Yep, yeah,
4: three sixty five. Philly has to eat it now, and possibly in the playoffs too. We'll see. Um, but yeah, man, it's really good to be a sports fan in in Dallas. And I must say, I'll, I'll say this, Blake. I think that um, although we're we're braggadocious about Cam Reddish right now, I think mm-hmm. the best off season signing was the Mavericks getting Derek Jones Jr. I think he's had the most impact. of of a free agent signing uh, this off season. And it's unfortunate he's gone out. Hopefully he'll be able to come back, but I mean, he's, he's brought a lot of vim and vigor to, uh, to the team as well. Um, We can, we can sift through all the stats we want. Right. But what do you, what do you think is the mainstay of why, The defense is slightly better this year and could, and obviously can continue to get better other than say Derek lively, because obviously there's, there's been a little pickup. I see in Mm Lucas defense as well.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. I think the biggest thing was just realizing where they were last year. I think getting Kyrie Irving, a lot of offensive firepower. I think some of those guys weren't all bought in and I hate to say it, but one of those guys is now on y'all's team, and he wasn't exactly a fan favorite here in Dallas when it comes to effort. The talent is 100% there. But that was everyone's biggest gripe. And when I say everyone, I mean more on the coaching staff, the media, not necessarily the the fans, just where is this guy's motor? Where is this guy's effort? And I think we have guys that are – Kyrie Irving's a big one. Like You could have easily had Kyrie show up and say, I want to be the number one. I want to be the guy. He understands that Luca is the guy, and I'm gonna fit into my role—not necessarily a Batman Robin thing, but just I'm gonna fit in my role. And everyone that they signed this year, Grant Williams stepping into a bigger role was a great piece on the Celtics, and he's had his ups and downs this year. But I think what fans are realizing is that when you're playing with Luca Doncic and Kyrie Irving, we don't really need guys to put ball the ball in the bucket. Those two guys can fill up the stat sheet themselves. So if those other guys are knocking down timely shots and playing defense when needed this team will win and that's why they're at the number three seed right now so i'm i'm not going to act like the mavs are title favorites right now they still got a bunch of holes especially like you said on the defense side of the ball they've gotten better but that's not really a big statement because they were bottom of the league last year so they, they they've done a little bit better job Luca showed up in shape this summer obviously had a great um Viva summer like he always does showed up um about 10 15 pounds lighter this summer um, looked ready to go. You see he's really bought in on the defensive side of the ball. Him and Kyrie have been really active in the pass lanes. They're never going to be shut down point-of-attack defenders that are going to be stopping people from scoring buckets and just lockdown. But they've been opportunistic, getting some steals, getting in the passing lanes, getting some weak side blocks. And then guys like, like you said, Grant Williams, Derek Jones Jr., Derek Lively, some new pieces to add to the athletic wings.
4: That 30-0 and 0 sequence kind of mm-hmm. summed up, you know what they can accomplish defensively. I mean, if they're if they're really stalwart about it, Blake, um, I, I, we'll see if they can if that can reignite. Because it it also looks like there's a, you know a few guys that just for whatever reason aren't meshing. And you know, do you see Dallas and Nico Harrison being uh, active on uh, the trade market right now?
3: So and that's an interesting up. question. That's that's kind of been the, the talk of the town around um, fans and media here is I think it's quite obvious to see outside looking in, inside looking out, wh- whatever you want to say, that the Mavs are about one piece away from really contending. They've got two great players. They've got a really young rookie, Derek Jones Jr. and Grant Williams are playing good. But to compete in the West or the finals, you're, you you kind of have to have that third really above, above average role player whether that was a Derek White or a Chris hotspur from the Celtics, Drew Holiday this year, if that's a Michael Porter Jr. from the Nuggets when they won the title, you kind of have to have that guy that really can on some night score 18 or 20. And for us, it's been Tim Hardaway. Coming off the bench, he was actually a really high trade piece this whole offseason. Everybody in the building wanted Tim Hardaway to be traded. And funny enough, on um, media day for the Mavs, I think he thought he was going to be traded before then because I've never seen someone in such a bad mood to be there. (laughs) And he was just kind of like, yeah, I know everyone wants me traded. Like, without saying it, just on his face, like, I know no one wants to be here. And he's actually, other than Derrick Jones Jr., probably been the best surprise for the Mavericks. I mean, hes I believe he's still leading in uh, bench scoring, shoots about 33s a game, but somehow is making, like, 45% of them. Like, can't miss from downtown. But I do think that the Mavs will – be active on the trade market. The only thing I caution is they probably, it'll probably be a smaller trade. It probably, cause they don't really have the assets to make that big splash trade to get a marquee guy They might be able to get like a backup center, which has been a, an issue of concern for them. But I was talking with some other reporters the other day, and it's, it's seeming more and more like that in the summer will be when they make us, if they were to make that splash trade, that's going to happen. They'll have three first round draft picks, one in 2025, 2027, and 2031. They'll have some expiring contracts and Rashawn Holmes and Tim Hardaway and then some guys that they can figure out if they want to pick up their contracts on the lower end of that. So we had some guys like Josh Green and Jaden Hardy that have kind of either been in and out of the lineup, kind of middling where we thought they would take that jump and they were off limits in the summer. I don't know if everyone wanted them and Nico Harrison was these two guys are untradeable. And now it's looking more and more like they might be in trade talk. So. I would expect them to be active during the trade deadline, but I wouldn't expect a big splash to the seven.
4: This is Raphael from NBA And you are listening to the Lakers fast break.
2: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to oh, me. So. Wow, man. Nice. I, I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it, it doesn't be great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is Blake Elliott. Please go ahead and check out the great work that he's doing today at 105.3 The Fan. Not only on just the Dallas Mavericks, also as well, all Dallas sports. He knows it all. Go ahead and check out his great work there at 105.3 The Fan. Blake, I want to ask you this. When it comes to the Mavericks, right now they're leading 67 51 at the half as we're speaking right yep. now. <laughs> it is the Luka Doncic show. He's got 23 already. With Kyrie Irving out, and we don't know, we're just, I'm thankful that it's not an extended injury or something that really could be a season ender for you guys. It is now, when you see he's out of the game, it is just more pressure to put on Luka Doncic? And we've seen this before. It's been the Luka Doncic show for quite some time, but ultimately there's a ceiling when it's just Luka Doncic, is there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wouldn't necessarily say there's a ceiling with Luka Doncic. I
3: think my favorite part about being a... Well, just when the the
2: offense is just totally centered on him and he has to carry the team.
3: Yeah, I I, I would say they're, they're, they're... It's it's a tough one because as much as I want to say there's a ceiling, there's nights where Luka Doncic could have nobody show up and he just finds a way to – I mean, he has the most 40-point games in the league along with Giannis. Like He just finds a way to take over a game. The defense could be absolutely terrible. Everyone could be missing shots. And if you have Luka Doncic on the floor, he just finds a way to at least keep you in the game and keep it interesting. And that's kind of what happened the last time we played you guys. I I was revisiting the game uh, before this, and nobody other than Luka and Kyrie had over 10 points. Actually, Josh Green had his best game. He had 15. I forgot about that. He's out of the lineup now. So outside of that, no one had 10 points. Derek Lively had two. And so a lot of guys have kind of come along since then. We've had new progressions of, like you said, Derek Jones Jr., Derek Lively. So I think the synergy between Kyrie and Luka really took a new step this year. They're both top 10 in fourth quarter efficiency, fourth quarter scoring. And we didn't see that last year. Last year, the biggest talking point was who's going to shoot the shot at the end of the game. And usually, when that's a thing, it's usually not a thing during the game. But it actually was. We saw it come to fruition multiple games where they're playing hot potato, who's going to shoot it. And this year, you see no problem with that. Luca will defer to Kyrie. Kyrie will defer to Luca. There hasn't been much hot potato, and they've been able to. They've even done pick and rolls for each other, working that two man game. So I wouldn't say there's a ceiling on Luca as far as game to game. I feel really good going into any game with Luca Doncic on your team but I would say there's a ceiling as far as winning a championship against AKA like a nuggets or a Lakers in a seven game series. Cause you need more than just one guy.
2: Magic Matt, uh, any more thoughts for Blake right there?
4: Yeah. So Blake gut feeling. Why do you think Hardy can't get a steady, you know, 28 to 32 minutes because every time, I watched this guy on the floor. I'm almost bugged out because I think I, I'm. I don't think this is as bold a statement as some people might think, but I I really do feel he has Tyrese Maxey potential. Um, just based on his feel for the game, not as fast, not as quick, but we're talking you know m- microseconds here on a basketball court, right? why can't he get steady playing time? Is it a, co- is it an attitude issue with you? Do you think with the coaching staff, is it a uh, k- kid? Sometimes he's very mercurial about, about minutes and rotations. Uh, what do you think it is? Cause it, uh, there's a whole black shadow over Hardy. I don't think he's quite deserved.
3: Yeah. I, I think you kind of hit it right on the nail with those speculations. I mean, I wish I could give you a clear-cut answer and be like, "It's he's doing this. My best guess is we saw last season Jaden Hardy take this huge step. Kyrie's out of the lineup or even before we got Kyrie and then when we got him and he was injured or Luka was injured and he stepped in. He was playing 30-plus minutes a night and he was just scoring, filling up the stat sheet and we saw these great flashes. And this, this past summer, they had him play in the G League. And I think this is where, in a sense, it kind of hurt and helped him. If you were just kind of Box score watching, like most people do with the G League, most people, unless you're a team, you're probably not really watching another team's G League unless you just have a bunch of time on your hands. He filled out the stat sheet, but the thing that the Mavs wanted to see was him as a playmaker, him as the point guard, him with the ball in his hands, and he really, really, really struggled with that. As far as getting the ball and distributing and getting the other guys and elevating them, he wasn't able to do that. He was able to get his at any and He can put the ball in the bucket with the best of them, like you said to Tyrese Maxey. But the thing that Tyrese Maxey has done this past season, not to get too off topic, is he's elevated everyone. He's become the hub. Him and Joel Embiid have the one-two game. That's why they were able to move up Harden. Tyrese Maxey is great at spreading the ball around, getting other guys involved, using backdoor screens, playing defense, quick with the ball, pushes the pace. Jaden Hardy in Spade shows you flashes of that. But another thing that you see with him is he'll make the most incredible highlight play you've ever seen, cross up two guys and dunk on them or reverse layup. But then also in the same breath, you'll see him dribble off his legs and the ball go out of bounds. Or you'll see him ball watching and to do backdoor cuts and dunks. So he's still, I think the Mavs were expecting him to take that big maturity leap. And I don't think it's been there. Obviously, I'm not in the locker rooms during practice. so I don't know if there's exact conversations that have been going on. But it just seems like the biggest thing is, like you said, he's not getting the minutes. And I think that's what the Mavs fans are expecting. Like, okay, he'll get his minutes like a Josh Green josh green has started some games he's played 25 plus minutes i think he's about fourth on the team in minutes Jaden hardy there was nights i mean when we blew out the jazz the other day he didn't get into eight minutes left and we were up by 40 for damn near most of the game (laughs) and he didn't get until eight minutes left and i thought that was the biggest statement of where jason Kidd sees Jaden hardy because us speculating as media or fans can be like oh he's so great why isn't he playing but if the coach isn't even trusting to put him in a game in a 40 point blowout it it at least tells me that there's something going on more than basketball. I, I I don't know if it's a character thing. I don't know if it's a in practice he's not knowing the plays. It's something like that because there's rookie Omax Prosper, veteran minimal Markeith Morris, Dwight Powell. All are getting more minutes than him. So it's I think it's something that has to be in between the ears during practice that he's not grasping something like that he's a great kid, great guy. Talked to him media, very fun loving, giggling. He went viral for his like funny laugh that he had during a media day so he's nothing nothing as far as like caring as a character but it might just be not knowing the plays not not all the way being there but the minutes thing is definitely very concerning
2: with the lakers and the Mavs both near the top Mm -hmm. of the western conference still the coaches themselves whether it's darvin ham or jason kidd cannot shake Whatever I guess uh, fan backlash they have towards them here in Los Angeles, especially in our audience, we, I guess uh, best the way to say it is they're not entirely big Darwin Ham fans. Okay. Darwin Ham gotcha. taking the team to the Western Conference Finals, taking the team to fourteen and nine, taking the team to an NBA Cup. Nothing has endeared. Relatable. Yes, nothing has endeared our fan base based off of what they see. And I got to admit, there's some things when you watch Darvin Ham that just makes you shake your head. Why is he not doing this or not doing that? Or why did he choose this route? It's like with all fan bases, with almost every coach that's out there. I, you know, when it comes to Jason Kidd, he's had a very checkered past when it comes to his coaching, as far as what he did in various stops. This stop, I think, as far as his success ratio, he took the team to the Western Conference Finals one year had the bad year the next, his comments that have not always endeared him to the Dallas public and Dallas fan base. Could you comment further on that? Because, again, I like him. I'm also a fan that just watches the game from time to time as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's funny that you bring that up. Darvin Ham and Jason Kidd, to me, have very similar personalities in how they handle their postgame pressers. Um, whether you won by five or lost by 50, they're kind of both even kill, just – You know, it's just one game. I'm watching the game, just like you guys. uh, I'm not sure. They're not really going to give you too much comment, too much insight. And I don't know if you saw not too long ago, Tim McMahon, a friend of mine for ESPN, asked um, him about the struggles that the Mavs had last year with clutchness. And Jason Kidd went on this whole rant about talk positive about the team. I don't like all the negative stuff. Yada, yada, yada. And that was the most personality we have seen from Jason Kidd. And so I think both fan bases in a nutshell – LA and Dallas, it's a winning culture, so fan, the 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 bar is just higher. Being third in the standings, fourth in the standings, even making it to Western Conference Finals, it's just not enough. Same for the Cowboys. The Cowboys win every year in the regular season. Nobody cares. Like do it in the playoffs. Some some fan bases would love to even be in the hunt. I have a friend that's a Bears fan, a Bears fan. He's like, we're in the hunt. It's the best year of my life. Like, so it's just different <laughs> standards of it, and I think when you get accustomed to things in life, you, that's just what your standard is. So I think Lakers, Mavs, LA, Dallas fans, we both just kind of have to take a step back and be like, wow, I'm glad that every year we're kind of in the conversation. Whether we win it every year, one team wins it every year. So 31 teams in basketball, 2019 or teams in basketball, 31 in, in football, like are going to be disappointed every year. There's going to be things that just don't go your way, but we have such a high standard for it. So I think it's hard to, grasp your head around when you're so used to winning with all the banners that y'all have with Dallas with just the winning culture that we've kind of built here. It's it's hard to keep yourself level headed and Jason Kidd, he'll humble you real quick and and give you the response you weren't looking for. We try to get him all the time and he's just like, nope. He's just a very cut cut right to the chase guy. Not really there for the BS. Um never really gonna entertain the the funny stuff except for the other day when I guess he had had enough. Um but yeah he's 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 a hard guy to read. I think what you see on the on the post game press is pretty much what we feel in the media room. He's he's really no different. He's a nice guy, but he's not really going to go into too much detail if he
2: doesn't have to. Sean,
4: yeah, I've I've got a question here, Blake. It's a, a little mm-hmm. more idiosyncratic than than big word there. The, yes, yes, sir. Than the whole uh, Mavs team. That being mm-hmm. said, December eighteenth the Mavs and Nuggets. The first Mm -hmm. time they played, Markeith Morris was inactive. This is Mm -hmm. going to be the first game he's likely going to be active where him and Mm -hmm. Jokic may go toe-to-toe again on the floor. Now, Jason Mm -hmm. Kidd is nothing if not an historian like the rest of us, and he understands Mm -hmm. full well what it's like to be on the opposite end of, of getting a blind sided punch. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering do you th- see Morris kind of having that itch now? That look, mm-hmm. man. Cuz he was at the he was almost at the tail end anyway, Blake, towards that, but mm-hmm. I look, what Jokic did was dirty. Let's let's call it what it was. And yeah. you know, I think Marquis Morris is entitled to a little bit of uh a pound of flesh here do you kind of see jason kidd giving him that opportunity because he's got sparingly minutes here the past couple games how do you see that playing out if, if it's at all a narrative
3: yeah i i wish i could uh fuel this and say Mar- morris is going to get out there and just be the enforcer for the Mavs, but unfortunately he gets minutes um here and there but in the same breath, with all the injuries we've had, I mean, like I just said, Derek Jones Jr. going out, Josh Green's out, Maxie Cleavers out, Kyrie's out, Grant Williams is out, and some of those guys, like a Kyrie and a and a um, Grant Williams, come come back sooner rather than later. But if it stays true to the injury report we are now, he might just have to play. I don't. I've um, we've talked to him about that, and he isn't thinking much of the beef. He hasn't, it hasn't really resonated well. He, he called it what it was and it was a dirty play when it happened, but he's not, um, it's not really sitting on his mind heavily. He's not really writing down in his diary, if you will. I can't wait till I get Jokic back. He understands the bigger picture of playing winning basketball. And I even talked to him on media day, did an interview with him, And he said he wants to be this enforcer for the team. And I, I had thought he would get maybe a little bit more minutes, um, kind of where those Dwight Powell minutes have been, and it hasn't really been the case. He gets in here and there. So with all the injuries, he might get some playing time. I wouldn't expect any fight. Um, but if if obviously some of those guys come back into the rotation,
2: then Morris
3: probably won't be out there more than uh, four or five minutes.
2: Once again, it is Blake Elliott. Please go ahead and check out the great work that he's doing today at 105.3 The Fan. I want to ask you, of course, the NBA Cup just finished. The Lakers won. Uh, They're going to raise the banner on the 18th for it. All that's great. I mean, obviously, for us here at the show and our fan base, all we care more about is the championship at the end in June. That's what's obviously the bigger ticket for us. That's nice. The NBA Cup is all right. Playing an extra game, I'm not in love with it, but that's another story altogether. That's another conversation we've had on this show many times. The thing I want to ask you is uh, the fan base here, it took a little while to get into it. Uh, and, but with the ratings coming in for each of these NBA cup shows, it shows that the general fan, the general audience out there. And I, when we were talking earlier today, I told you that the general audience was the key. It's not the hoop head that's out there. The hoop heads watching the games. Any, anyways, it mm-hmm. was getting a general fan or general audience interest in these NBA cup games before Christmas. Cause they want you watching NBA before Christmas, your thoughts on how the NBA Cup was executed and what did Dallas fans say did they actually have an interest at all in it?
3: uh yeah, so I thought the NBA Cup first from a holistic NBA sense I thought it was a great idea mm-hmm. and I've talked about this on on the radio like I think you I think you hit it perfectly maybe the fans that wouldn't typically be in tune to be, uh, basketball in November and December were like what is going on? I want to watch these NBA games that we had the really awesome courts I thought that was a great idea. And funny enough, that was actually the last thing that was added to the in season tournament. They did all the logistics. The courts were a last-second ad. So as a lot of people pointed out, oh, they're not that creative. They're just colors. Adam Silver's already talked about the potential of having different brands like a Louis Vuitton court next year and all these different ideas that weren't able to be executed because it was done so late into the process. So one, I thought that was a great idea as far as the courts and kind of having the different dynamics. And even the players talked about how they enjoyed seeing the different course that it kind of gave them a feeling that this is, this is a different game. This has a little bit more meaning. And I thought the, the teams like the Pacers that are a young team, they don't, they're not getting the contracts that some guys are on y'all's team. So 500,000, it can, you know, it can go a little bit further for those guys. Obviously they weren't able to come out on top, but I just felt the intensity. We had a bunch of fights, which was really cool. I mean, especially early on. I mean, the intensity was there from, Something that you, maybe you would tune in here or there, maybe to the fourth quarter, especially if it's not your team playing. You're not really too in tune. It's obviously football season right now. But I thought it was a great idea. I thought the players bought in. I think I think it caught on a lot quicker than we thought it was. I think that, I think most people thought this was a long-term play that people would hop into, but it was definitely something that caught on pretty quickly. I thought the the March Madness-as-bracket tournament part of it was really cool, how that kind of played out. So, And then from a Mavs perspective... The it wasn't too much buy in just because we we played terrible (laughs) during the in season tournament cup. Like, for some reason, Luka Doncic and and alternate courts is like terrible. I I think there's a stat floating around there somewhere that he's like his shooting percentages just go down. He had that terrible stinker against the Pelicans, talking about dead spots and ball wet, and we had injuries. So, we definitely don't play too good with these little alternate courts and whatnot. So, the Mavs fans weren't exactly in love with it, just probably because we sucked during it. Um, But I think overall, as the NBA, I think it was a really cool idea, and a lot of fans were bought into the uniqueness of the courts and the jerseys and the different incentives that it brought.
2: I still think they could have marketed better and or explained the rules, the concepts, mm-hmm. the point differentials, things of that nature. I think they should have taken more time to explain the groups for instance people were very confused about the group concepts and things of that type. i was still
3: confused
2: yeah it, it's just like <laughs> they huddled it all together very quickly and yeah. i think they needed more time of preparation for that and despite their mishaps and missteps along the way you like the technicolor courts we did yeah Uh, I can tell you it hurt my eyes, especially if you're watching on a 4K television, but I will say- y'all's
3: was hard to watch. Y'all's was hard. There were some, some were easier than others. I think the, the hardest one was the Pelicans. There was one red one. I don't know if it was the Bulls or somebody. There was one that was just like red everywhere. I was like, this is, this is really hard to look at.
2: But I will say it is something that, again, it's a step in the right direction And I'm not just saying because the Lakers won. It's easy to say that the Lakers won. But it's a win for the league because the numbers went up at a time where they're traditionally down. And ultimately, with them conveniently doing this at a time, they need to go ahead and barter for a new contract for television. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Figure that. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Coincidental there. It seems like it's actually a smart move by Adam Silver. Again, despite all the flaws along the way, uh, the ultimate goal, the ultimate uh, prize of getting more ratings and more eyes and more interest in your product at an earlier stage of the season was obviously a win for the league, Blake.
3: Yeah, uh, I think think of course it was a win. Um, I mean, the talk of the town has been the – the Mavs and the Rangers losing their belly contract and not renewing it. So, you know, the NBA goes through theirs. you know, everything has a ploy. I'll just say that to keep it short, everything has a reason. Um, things are marketed for a reason to get some more dollars in there. I think it was smart to get some maybe fans that wouldn't be as in tune this early in the season, kind of into what's happening with the NBA season. Then it's, it's hopefully struck some, you know, some interesting kind of narratives and some cool things that we wouldn't have seen this early that like we were talking about earlier, most people tune in, post-Christmas or right at Christmas or right when their team gets out of the playoffs. And now we're having people talk about the NBA in December and November.
2: Magic man, my friend. So far, Blake has just killed it on the show. Any more thoughts uh, that you want to go ahead and relate to him, my friend?
4: Uh, Yeah, Blake, a billionaire out of Gerald's neck of the woods has decided to uh, jump into the uh, NBA ownership ocean. And Mark Cuban is... Kind of sitting on easy street to a lot of us from the outside looking in here, Blake. He, Talk about cake
2: and eating yeah. it too,
4: Magic Man. Yeah, God. I mean that is nice. Ger- Gerald's <laughs> Gerald's analogy is dead on. I mean that's having your cake and eating it too. So he retains basically a uh, uh, a seat at the brain trust of what the Mavs are still doing structurally as an organization, Blake. Just the, the different uh, sugar mama. At the top there mm-hmm. for uh, for him to uh, work with. Uh, so what what's kind of been the scuttlebutt or the the talk around town about what the Mavs' future looks like? Because it should also be, <clears throat> be known that uh, you guys may have legalized gambling soon.
3: Yeah, I think I think you hit it right on the nail. Um, I will say I don't know if I've <clears throat> ever had a bigger bombshell other than a trade happen while. Everyone was getting ready for a game. I can't exactly remember who we were playing, but everyone was in the media room. And then you just you just saw everyone stop. Mark Cuban just sold the team. That's what everyone saw at first. Everyone was like, what? And then obviously more details came out that it was just a majority stake and that he was still going to be acting GM, if you will. And he's still taking care of all basketball operations and everything that you would know Mark Cuban to do will still do. I think the best way to put it is he kind of gave himself a little bit of a raise and he has some more money coming in from the Sands family and Miriam Adelson. And I, the more it came out, you know, people were talking about him running for president and all these crazy things and him leaving Shark Tank. I, I think obviously more details will come out, so it's all just speculation right now. But there was recently an article that came out by D Magazine that some land, right before the deal was done, Miriam Addison had bought some land in Irving. And Irving, Texas mm-hmm. is about eight miles from Dallas, Texas. And land quite a quite a good stretch of miles of land that would be big enough for a new arena. And so that's kind of been the strong thinking point here is that the maps at some point will build this, and Mark Cuban has talked about this publicly, some new resort-esque arena, kind of gambling, one and all in one kind of inclusive thing where you can watch a basketball game. You can go to a resort, you can stay there, and you can gamble all in one place. Think, you know, MGM Grand, if you will. Um, and he kind of wants to be the first to do that from a basketball point of view, and he wants to be ahead of the curve. And so I think that's what this has done. It's um, it's obviously a long-term play. I believe the Mavs contract for the American Airlines Center is either through 2031 or 2033. It's no time soon. So I know people were like, oh, my God, the Mavs are going to move to Las Vegas or moved to somewhere else. It's like nothing, especially when it comes to all this, a lot of money, it takes years for this to come through. Like this will be nothing anytime soon. But I do think it's smart from our Cuban. I think he's one of the smartest business people, regardless of the NBA, just in sports. Like he really knows what he's doing. And this was done not on accident. He pumped more money into the Mavs by people who have really strong, um, not to get political, but to- Texas is a Republic-ran state. Meryl Adelson is very strong with the Republican Party. So if she if he wanted to pass a law, it's nice to have someone who can pass that law, who has a little bit of little elbow push-push. So I do think at some point we'll see gambling come not illegal, come legal in um, Texas. And Mark Cuban, instead of waiting for it to be legal, wants to be ahead of the curve. And I wouldn't be surprised in 10, 15 years if there's a resort built in Irving. I don't know what you want to call it. We can it the cuban center or whatnot the the cuban (laughs) sands i don't know what it'll be called then but i think it's a really cool idea but nothing to be worried about in the in the near future i feel like the mavericks will stay the same for a while
2: i know joe sorrell's out in the audience and uh just saying joe that if you could ever find a sweet deal where you can sell sim blades but yet own and uh, have still have control of your company going forward you at least consider it although i know his answer would be hell no hell no
3: it's That's got to be the craziest, like, loophole deal of like, hey, you're going to put all the money in. I'm going to give myself a raise and still do everything I want to do. So pretty nice business by Mark Cuban.
2: Magic, man, uh, I'm going to go ahead. Before I hit up Blake on what he's up to and where to follow him, where to get all of his great material, any last thoughts on the Mavericks going forward before we head out? Because I'm looking forward to a good game between LeBron and Luka tomorrow night. Uh, definitely uh, we'll be glad to see both of them playing against each other in a great game tomorrow.
4: Yeah. Gerald, I, I love watching LeBron and Luca play against one another. And mm-hmm. I'm glad Blake's here to to hear it as well. It, it's a very, it's a very different kind of rivalry than comparatively speaking to what he's had with other individuals, say Deshaun Stevenson or Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Uh, I think LeBron relishes the competition Because he sees in Luka the same competitive warrior That he sees in himself He wants to win Mm -hmm. It's not just Mm -hmm. a personal clown show Or trying to get in your head Or like Mm -hmm. kind of little silly things It's about making the team better and wanting to win That's Mm -hmm. what LeBron respects And Oftentimes, Luca brings out the best in LeBron, and LeBron brings the best out in him, and that's why mm-hmm. the NBA does almost does a good job of making sure that they're together on national television because it's a show. Both of those guys are turnstile players, Gerald. I mean, still at thirty-nine years old, he's a turnstile player. You'd you'd pay to see LeBron still play at this point. Luca is obviously. I mean, it's going to be a turnstiler for the next decade. So uh, ho- hopefully uh, tomorrow's game is highly, highly ultra competitive. Uh, I'd love to see the game they had a couple of years ago where it went to uh, a couple of overtimes, just going back and forth dueling. Uh, I would love that. I, th- I think heads around the around the uh, United States and uh, the West would enjoy it as well. So I'm hoping for a great game.
3: Yeah, that was a that one a couple years ago was one of my favorite games to watch. I think I was about to leave to go hang out with my friends. I was like, wait, we gotta watch it in this game. And that's when I think it was Danny Green hit a corner three, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going into overtime. And that was kind of the beginning. I think of people realizing Luca had a ride. I think he had like a thirty or forty point triple double, and we were, everyone was like, okay, this guy is the real deal. And I think you hit it perfectly. I think Luca brings out the best. And LeBron and then vice versa they both really respect each other's game and Luca or LeBron has kind of not necessarily passed that torch as far as yours the face of NBA but passed that torch and I respect you how he acts with the Jason Tatum where it's like hey you have game I see it every time you come out here and Luca really never disappoints on the big on the biggest scale which is I think why it's good to be a Mavericks fan it's obviously with LeBron too. These guys rise to the occasion in the biggest games. They don't shy away from it. They love the bright lights. They usually have one of, some of their best games. The question will be, who will be the biggest riser, A.D. or Kyrie, the second stars? Because we
2: know Luke and LeBron will be good. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.
3: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped,
2: Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it is Blake Elliott. Please go ahead and check out the great work he's doing today at 105.3 The Fan. And the last word we give to you, my friend, it's called the cheap plug because we love cheap plugs around here. Your thoughts, my friend, on uh, exactly what you're doing, what you're up to, what you want people to go ahead and check out in the Dallas area or otherwise with Blake Elliott.
3: Yeah, um, like I said at the beginning of the show, first of all, I just want to say thank you all for letting me come on here. This is a really cool experience and sharing kind of a different perspective. I love hearing what other fan bases are hearing and then obviously able to kind of give some insight to how the Dallas Mavericks camp is going on. Stay up to date with all of Dallas sports on one hundred Through The Fan and Odyssey Sports. You can follow on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, however you get your podcast. We're there from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. every single day. I myself am on the night show during the week. And then on the weekends, I am in the morning. So you can turn your dial to one hundred through The Fan or go to odyssey.com slash through The Fan live shows to find the cast if you're not able to watch it live. And then if you want to keep up with me, my personal Instagram is BlakeLive. And then my personal Twitter is Blake live underscore underscore. And it's a great follow. I try to be funny on there, keep you up with the game and you can kind of feel like you're there, even if you're not there. And then I love interacting with fans. doesn't matter what fan basis. I talked to an Eagles fan the other day on the radio for about 30 minutes. So I'll follow you back and we can go back and forth.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. Please go ahead. Check out the great work he's doing today. Wherever you get your podcast, and also as well, 1053 The Fan, indeed. Blake, uh, if you don't mind, we'd love to go ahead and have you back on at some point in time when it's convenient for you. Doesn't have to be before a Dallas game. You can reach out to us anytime based on your availability, but we'd always love to get you prepped for a Dallas game. But if you want to stop on by and talk to the NBA on off days for the Lakers, we always did love to do NBA centric shows. So you are most welcome anytime you can stop on by, my friend.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it. I definitely will have to. Um, y'all were awesome. The chat. Y'all were y'all were going off the whole time. Y'all got a really active chat, so I always love interacting with the fans and hearing what they gotta say. So you should see us. It was post-game. a pleasure. Oh yeah. You should see post games
2: by 10. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah.
3: Post and pregames are always fun of people letting out their feelings. So that's what makes it fun being in the space and it is impossible without the people listening. So, shout out to y'all for tuning
2: in. Well, thank you. Absolutely, truly appreciate you stopping by, Blake. But, Magic Man, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out?
4: Uh, Blake, it was a pleasure stopping by, brother. Really appreciate it. And, you know, we recognize hard work and uh, we appreciate when uh, somebody reciprocates. So, appreciate we you, brother. Hard work and uh, we appreciate yes, sir. That. yeah right. yeah
2: he's here with full effect so okay right before support. right before we got ahead and out there he is can you turn down your volume sir no of course not that sounds great for audio absolutely it's joe sorrow he, he's in the chat because uh said you 43 4387 said joe's not even here but guess what he has to go ahead and troll him by being here <clears throat> uh, but, anyway, i'll give you a chance, just a couple minutes to give some questions but we really do have to head on out my friend
0: well i'd like to uh say hello to blake uh sounded really good uh on the show by the way oh i appreciate you man yes. Uh, yes wish
3: you could yes. have been here quicker man we
0: oh it's wow, okay it's
2: chat back and forth well, hey, well he'll we'll, tell we'll, you he does we'll this have plenty and of time. and blades it's okay we'll have
0: plenty of time to to, to discuss more. yeah more more basketball here. But I wanted to get in before you guys left and let you all know that I'm very excited about the NBA Cup banner.
3: Yeah, y'all are doing a banner. That's insane. I will say the <laughs> banner is kind of crazy.
2: <laughs> I thought it was think, a joke. My, I, my friend I texted me. I said, I said y'all are joking. Blank.
0: Okay, so here. so it's just
2: trolling the Clippers. That's what it, I think it's, it is.
0: It's hilarious. Yes, it, that is true, Gerald. Yes. The... It's funny, an insignificant banner to some. Uh, for those who don't think it's insignificant, obviously, Laker organization, because Lakers only put championship banners up there, and this sure. is the first of, of of this kind. So, of course, how do we know that this won't be uh This a big part of what the season is going to be. You got to give Adam Adam, uh, Silver and the NBA some credit in that it did create some interest and they're going to keep tweaking it so it's better and better. It's just, I don't know if there ever will be a value to it. I don't know what value can you give to a championship that's a month and a half old.
3: Yeah, I I, I think... um... I think it's just y'all are probably the most criticized fan base when it comes to basketball because you have the most criticized basketball player. So it was a lose-lose. Either you lose the game when LeBron is washed or you win it and it's a Mickey Mouse win. So at the end of the day, take care of business and win. But I did think it was kind of funny that y'all are raising the banner. But I will say 10, 15 years from now, if it's played every year and it gets really competitive, it'll be cool to say you were the first and it won't be as heavily criticized. But right now, the criticism is obviously going to come.
0: Well, we've been criticized even before we got LeBron James. The Laker fan base is a spoiled fan base. We've won so much, so there's a natural jealousy <laughs> there. I told you that too before
2: we even, when we talked earlier today. It's what? a natural
0: jealousy. Obviously, there's been some games in the past that have uh, been influenced by by other things other than the play on the court. That plays a factor into it. But at the end of the day, you know, teams that win, people that are rich, uh, people that are good-looking, usually those are the – the things that people hate after a while. Look what they're doing to Patrick Mahomes. You know, I hear things like, you don't care about playing as much anymore. You're rich and you're making your money. So here's a guy that's that can literally walk into the Hall of Fame if he was to quit tonight. Only playing six plus years. He can walk in first ballot and he's screaming and yelling, even though he was wrong. Even though he was wrong, Tony was off sides. But look how much he cared. But the the because people are jealous, and 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 just they wanna they wanna see somebody succeeding to die. Look at the vitriol that's going towards him now, Sean. Just so you know, I, I I'm not that's not you involved in that. You talk more about the hanger-ons that that guy has. That you're not wrong. You want to criticize his 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 side?
4: Knucklehead gang? His
0: knucklehead gang? They, hey, they've been a knuckle, And, you you know, I, that's one thing that I've been kind of just, my mind has been kind of like, what's going on here? You would think at some point he would tell him to shut up, but apparently, you know, he's focused on the game. I don't know what. But, oh,
4: Joe, Joe, I got a knucklehead for a brother too. Let me, tell, <laughs> let me tell you something. This, this would be happening.
0: But it's it's interesting that you know what we care about, what we don't care about, it just varies and it shifts based off your th- that person's feelings. So LeBron is hated on. Really, it started from after the the decision that people felt there was words like betrayed. I'm like, okay, um, are you a Cavs fan? No. What the f- do you have to do? What, what do you mean you're betrayed? If you're a Cavs fan, you got some room there. You, you, you just made your franchise go from contender to crap, and he prolonged it. But why does a Utah Jazz fan give two craps what LeBron James does if he's tap dancing to Miami or doing jumping jacks? What do you care? Oh, he's just selfish guy. And I'm like, never mind. I just I'm, you can't talk to those people. So... That process never stops. You know, the bubble yeah. championship was insignificant. The O2 championship was insignificant. Some Celtics fans thought they got hosed in the game seven game in 2010 because of the refs. I'm like, dude, they, they, they,
3: Paul Pierce. Oh, I, rapidly... know it yeah. I know it all too well. Dallas Cowboys. Goalpost moves every week for us.
0: Well, Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately, Here we have go. had an owner that, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> I, I I think if 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 Jerry Jones's insecurities didn't take hold of him in the '90s, you would not have had to have waited, or you wouldn't be waiting for 27 years to just get to a conference title game.
3: Well, he got Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Honor, so curse has been lifted. We haven't lost since, so hopefully that's that's that's, that's, the, that's, a, that's a hilarious.
0: Result. That is a hilarious. Like, I don't even know what the word I'm thinking of. Sean, you're the word guy. Yeah. That's a hilarious coincidence that, that he brought Jimmy back in. And oh, you know and what? Maybe that maybe me... Yet. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Ironic. Ironic. There you go.
0: The irony in that is too good. And for me, yeah. I feel... Another guy that's wrong... <laughs> dis- disgustingly criticized for, for, for terrible reasons is Dak Prescott. My God, I, I feel... I felt so bad for him the last couple of years. I'm like, you guys suck, man. It's a good dude. It's a good dude who's trying his best to do what he needed to do. The year that they were supposed to win, you know, which is pretty much every year, he was injured, he couldn't function last year. I'm just like, what do you guys want from these guys? Like, can you just enjoy the game? <clears throat> but anyways, um.
4: I'm glad you pointed that out. I, I love my mama. He loved his mama. She got breast cancer. Mine did as well. He donates a lot to the breast cancer foundation, so I mean, he's got a love in a lot of people's homes, Joe.
0: Yeah, that's good. Again, good for him because he deserves it. And he's one of the few guys on that team that I actually uh,
4: here's here here. It's a small thing, guys, but here's here's something that kind of summarizes Dak Prescott for me. Uh, a few years ago, Blake, I was watching, uh, I, I want to say they were playing the the Redskins. And he went to... I don't know if you can Bro- say that name anymore. Yeah, he went... To, I think Magic's bringing it back, though. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. He th- threw something in the garbage, and it missed. And it, it was a Gatorade cup. And he could have just left it there and had somebody else put in the garbage but he actually walked up and put in the garbage himself and it was almost as if it was a message sender that you know we pick up after ourselves you do things within your own control like it was a small thing but it says a lot when everybody's watching you
3: I mean Walter Petra man, man of the year last year I mean he's a really good guy off to feel a lot of the guys respect him kind of his moxie obviously not his play. Is matching it so you get even more respect from the guys around you, the media, yada, yada, yada. But he's been that, he's been the same guy through and through. And now we're seeing Dallas Sports trying to compete with LA Sports, you know, trying to trying to hang some banners. We'll see, we'll see how we can, we'll see how we can do.
2: And we'll see tomorrow night as the Lakers head into Dallas to face off against the Mavs. Blake, it's been tremendous having you on the show. Again, anytime you can stop on by, just hit me up and we'll arrange it for you. Anytime, you're most welcome back. Joe Sorrell, of course, ox 247 LakersBall.com, and SimBlade, simblade the ycom Magic man, Sean Grice. Go ahead and check him out here for everything that he does with the Lakers fast break. But again, it is Blake Elliott. Please go ahead and check him out today at 105.3. The fan, indeed. Yes, well, we'll sir. Be- Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back tomorrow for the Dallas Mavericks game, starting with the pregame. Getting you into the game with playback. Playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. You can watch us there. Don't forget the pregame right here. And then the best postgame for the Lakers and the best chat room for the Lakers can always be found right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.